0: Content Creation is brought to you by Grinding Coffee Company. Grinding Coffee is a black trans-owned business based out of Georgia, shipping nationwide, and it skips the middleman of any grocery stores or wherever you normally get your coffee to bring you a wide variety of roasts, blends, and flavors. I mean, where else can you get pumpkin spice coffee in the middle of July? Come on, people, who said that the fall time is the only time we get to be basic? Maybe you're not feeling a pumpkin spice right now. They also have 80, an Ethiopian blend with notes of honey, berry, and chocolate, even just a classic donut shop blend, or Latin American roast. And the best part is they also have a variety of apparel and even coffee starter packs to test all their favorite and best-selling flavors and roasts. To get started, go to grindingcoffee.co, and you can use code Jose for 10% off your order grindingcoffee.co slash jose jose and you too can save 10 percent on your next order it is season two content with creation everyone jose gonzalez back here again it is great to see you all it's been quite a bit of time but i promise it's worth the wait looking forward to getting in touch with some more awesome creators this season and who better to kick off this season than someone i got to meet last year at a little thing called russell Con in dallas texas she was working the convention floor she was going table to table superstar to superstar you've seen her hustling probably her uh, sports journalism degree she just recently got she is out of school she is on the street she might even be in your commentary booth kimmy sokol ladies and gentlemen
1: That was such a beautiful introduction. I'm so touched. I'm so honored to be here, to be like the season kickoff. I'm ready. Let's do this thing.
0: No, we always got to do something like nice and fresh. I mean, like your energy has always just been kind of fresh to me every time I've gotten to hang out with you, whether it's been like Russell Con, whether it was Bound for Glory, just seeing like you interact online, like you definitely bring like an aura around you that's just like exudes positivity and just a light that we don't always get in this industry so it is great to have you on
1: don't make me cry we're only like two minutes in
0: no 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 i only make LJ cry on this podcast which you can find uh in the channel description <laughs> No, but yeah, I mean, my whole thing is like, I always want to make sure that I can give whoever I have on the show their flowers, let them talk about their own journeys as a creator. And I figured, why not give you the open forum so you could talk about your own journey as well. So, I mean, obviously you are probably a child of the internet. So I always want to know like what your relationship growing up with like online content looked like.
1: So when I was like five, I was actually banned from watching YouTube because remember so did you watch the Barney documentary that came out on Peacock?
0: No I should have. I really should have because I was a Barney kid growing up and it was it was it was not good. The
1: documentary was so informative. I was just like oh my god so I was watching like the videos of them like lighting Barney on fire because this is what they did. Oh my god Yeah. So I was banned from watching YouTube for that reason. But then everyone in my fourth grade class had Facebook. And this is when we all lied about our ages. So then I got Facebook. And then as the years went on, it was just social media galore. I actually didn't start using Twitter like regularly until I went to college because Twitter was looked at as the adult app.
0: Yeah, I mean, I remember lying about a Facebook when I was in the eighth grade, like, right when it became, like, a thing, like, outside of, like, college people, and, like, I had a couple different, like, fake accounts, and then, like, one I just never used for years, but, like, I don't think I was ever that interested in, well, to be fair, just because I'm older than you, I don't think I had anything, like, super, like, social media-like, aside from, like, maybe early YouTube and MySpace, I definitely did have a YouTube account back in the day when you could actually have friends and message people on YouTube. This That's was before Google bought YouTube. This is like 2006.
1: Whoa! I was in kindergarten.
0: Yeah, like just like MySpace, YouTube used to have like a top eight friends section too. Aside from just subscribing to channels, like it was, it was a thing.
1: That's crazy. They should bring that back.
0: I would love for them to bring that back, considering how hard uh, Google Plus flopped back in the day. I mean, I'm I would be all here for it. So. so- uh, If someone from YouTube is watching this to make sure I don't get demonetized, maybe let's bring back friends on YouTube. I mean, we can finally have, like, proper, like, URLs and handles. Like, why not?
1: We should start a petition on change.org. I'm sure we'll have people back us. And then they'll thank us when they bring it back.
0: I mean, right now there's other YouTube petitions on change.org that are probably more important than that. So if you know, you know. Uh, Let's see. Toxic gossip train. Okay. Alright, but aside from uh, that, I mean, I know my internet days kind of started, like, even before, like, social media stuff, just, like, playing, like, stuff on, like, com and everything, too. So, like, were you, like, always kind of online outside of school?
1: Yeah, I guess so. Like, I was also an athlete, so, like, sports were more my thing than just, like, sitting behind a computer. I actually enjoyed playing outside before that became overrated to a lot of kids. Yeah, I'm very
0: grateful to have had an outdoor childhood as much as I had an indoor childhood. (laughs) Like, it seems like it's a lost art now. I don't know if it's necessarily just because of, like, a loss of interest, but also just, like, the world back then is not nearly as scary and toxic as it is now, which is crazy to see. Because there's so many things that you kind of take for granted from that era that you probably wouldn't do nowadays, which is really frightening.
1: I know. It's, like, crazy. Like, I wish I could still, like, ride my scooter around my development with my friends. I want to do that again Mm -hmm. and not be like, what the hell is that kid doing?
0: Yeah, or just, like, playing street hockey and then, like, hopping out of the street. Every other uh, car that would go down my block is, like, in between two main streets where, like, a lot of people would go eat dinner and stuff, which is always annoying. Or, like, playing football and, like, having sideline pops onto someone's uh, curb. And it was just, like you can't really do stuff like that because nowadays it's going to be either it's too violent or you don't know who's going to try to swoop you up because stranger danger. And it's just like, man, I didn't think I would ever take anything like that for granted, but here we are.
1: Can't trust anybody in 2023. That's what I've learned.
0: Yeah. I was going to say, speaking of things you can't really trust in 2023, somehow you happen to stumble into this world of professional wrestling. So where did this fandom start for you?
1: So, I was, it was actually 13 years ago this past Sunday, which is weird.
0: Whoa, I caught you on the anniversary.
1: You did. This was such perfect timing. So, we had gotten, like, a flyer in the mail from TNA, and it was for their base brawl tours that they used to do, like, all the Which shitty. I'm
0: pissed that they came twice and never went to either, and that was the last time that Impact was ever in this city, uh, if anyone from Impact Wrestling is watching this, uh, Gail Kim, Scott Demore, Ross Furman, uh, anybody, please come back to Buffalo. Please. I enjoy traveling to your shows, but I would also like to see one locally,
1: please. That That's a fact. Or just bring, like, they stopped doing the baseball tours, and that was so convenient for everybody. Like.
0: And honestly, there was just like a fun environment, too, because I mean, it's an outdoor show. Like, you don't always have to be like right on the field themselves, too, but even just chilling in the stands. And like, I mean, at that time, TNA had a lot of really good people, too. So it wasn't like you were getting like a gimped roster by any means.
1: Yeah, no, it was like, like RVD was the champion. RVD was going into his like heated feud with Abyss. AJ Styles was like the badass heel, it was like, it was good TNA, so we got that flyer in the mail, and my dad's been a wrestling fan ever since he was a kid, and he looked at me and said, do you want to go to this? I've never seen wrestling before, ever, and I said yes. And little did I know saying yes to that question changed my entire life and has given me so many things I've been able to do. Wrestling has led me to like travel the world, work with some of the best people, create some of the best moments, and I'm like, imagine I said no, what would my life be?
0: Yeah, and I also love the fact that, like, it was actually, like, TNA Impact that got you into wrestling, not just, like, WWE on TV, but, like, you actually got to go to a show in person and see, you like, larger-than-life personalities up close, like, that had to be incredible, especially, like, being that young as well.
1: Yeah, so I was, it was a month before my ninth birthday, that's why I call myself a backwards wrestling fan, because I started with TNA and Ring of Honor, and then I got into WWE, and I'm just like... Yeah, I'm so, this is not how it's supposed to work.
0: I don't, how is that backwards? I mean, there's nothing that's going to invalidate your journey based on what you watch. I mean, like if you have good wrestling, it doesn't matter if it's in front of like 30 people. It doesn't matter if it's in front of 30,000 people. If you enjoy it, that makes you a fan. It doesn't, it shouldn't matter what promotion it is.
1: No, I know, but I feel like the general thing, it's like, okay, I started with WWE, then I started to branch out a little bit, and then I went here, then I went there, and I'm like, no, I started on the outside, and then I came to WWE, and now I just watch anything and everything that wrestling brings my way.
0: Well, I mean, it's a good thing, because there's damn near a show every day of the week now, so.
1: Isn't that wonderful?
0: (laughs) It is, I mean, what's the thing, too much of a good thing is no good for you? yeah like i don't know if i could keep up with everything like they're just like some shows where like i'll watch a clip of just to see like if there's anything good but like i can't fully invest like i don't sit through a full raw or i don't sit through full anything really unless it's like maybe a pay-per-view
1: i do i'll sit through a raw i won't sit through nxt i'll sit through dynamite I review Ring of Honor and I podcast on it. So I kind of have to sit through Ring of Honor, which I'm going to do after we film this. And then, yeah, Which the good
0: thing is at least that's on streaming. So it's not like it's yes. like a set like block of time, really.
1: No, I could just watch it and then just review it. And then Fridays, I'm usually hectic, crazy. So if I get to watch SmackDown Rampage, I get to watch SmackDown Rampage. If I don't, okay, I'll just see a clip somewhere.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, as booked and busy as you are, it's refreshing to know that, like, yeah, you actually still have time to consume things, too, instead of just being a part of the action. So, I mean, was your love of wrestling kind of what led you down the path that you took for your college program?
1: Yeah, so when I – so this goes to what my graduation cap was. So on my cap, I said, when I like, when I grow up, I want to be Kimmy. And the reason I said that was when I was in pre-K and they ask you, like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And everyone says, like, all these obscure things that they never end up being – I said I wanted to be me. And it wasn't because I didn't necessarily understand that, like, to live a life, you need a job, to get money, to, like, pay off things. It was because I wanted to find a job that fit me. And from four to eight, I looked for that, I looked for that, I looked for that. And that day in July where I was watching Impact, I said, this is what I was meant to do for the rest of my life. This is it. I don't know how, I don't know what, but this is it. And then, you know, wrestling, there's so many jobs you can do. And I was like, Mm -hmm. okay, I don't want to be a wrestler. No way. But then I was like, well, commentary and like interviewing, like that's kind of cool. And I never looked at anything else. I was like, this is it. I know this is what I'm meant to do. And then luckily, there was a school an hour away that had a program. It was a like that sports media program is a fairly new program. And I think I was able to like, I got more hate in my sports media program for the sport I covered rather than being a female, which is really boggling. Yes. I got So what so was the sport anything.
0: that you primarily covered for school? Was it wrestling. wrestling
1: or I did wrestling. Really? So I remember the last class I had to take, it was sports TV and field production, and one of the assignments we had to do was we could watch anything. And we had to basically say what we liked about the commentary team and why we trusted them. So I picked an episode of Dynamite. It was the go-home show for Revolution. It was the face of the ladder match or the face Mm -hmm. of the Revolution ladder match. So I talked about how, like, Tony Schiavone and Taz and Excalibur, like, although there were seven people in that match, you knew where everybody was. They introduced Commander so well because that was his debut. And you were never lost. Although there was so much action, you knew what was going on at all times. So I walked in the club class And my teacher goes, you, you picked wrestling. And I said, yeah, is, is, was I not allowed to? And he goes, well, you know, does it bother you that it's fake? And I was like, well, it's not like, I don't care that I don't, I don't know what's going to happen. It's not like I know the results. Like that doesn't yeah. bother me. It doesn't change anything. And the week before, I had actually interviewed Matty Rankowski and we said like we're all wrestling fans, not just for the cool moves. It's for the storylines, and exactly. that was a- and that was around the time that you know Sami Zayn turned on Roman Reigns. That was everywhere. Like this should win an Emmy. This should win an Emmy or an Oscar or whatever the correct award for that is. Yeah. Like that's why I watch it. So it doesn't bother me at all. And he like went on a five minute rant to me about how horrible wrestling is that there's so many gimmicks. It's fake. It's predetermined. And I said, um, it's not the 1980s. We really don't have gimmicks anymore. Um, thank you very much.
0: Also, I have a very similar tangent based on this because I too did present wrestling stuff when I was in college because I'm also a journalism grad. So there were two big things when I was in school that I presented about. One of them was uh, for a public speaking class. I had to do a 10 minute presentation with a slideshow and me being the person that was uh, very much like up with like diva dirt and squared circle sirens at the time was give divas a chance. So something that I talked about is just basically just, Going through like, yes, like this industry is predetermined, but there's real physicality. There's actual like stunt work that I would consider to be athletic and there's a lot of storytelling involved, but there's also been a lot of inequality. So I was able to go through kind of like the golden era and like the things that they were doing then where you had like the hardcore matches, the cage matches, uh, like more stipulations, more real wrestling. And then when we got to, like, the later, of like, 2010s, how things kind of contrasted when Total Divas was on the air, and then showing them the entire 30-second match from that episode of Raw, that tag match, I actually had someone, hey, can you pull out a stopwatch? From bell to bell, I want you to time this. And seeing their, like, shocked face, like, whoa. And then, like, seeing, like, how, like, things trended for three days, how it was leading into, like the hell in a cell the money in the bank and i think around the time when i was doing this it was actually uh just no it was a uh, 2018 so it was still before they had even made an event of wrestlemania but like we were just like it was eye-opening to see like yeah there's inequality especially with like the women's side of things but like another presentation i had was like going into like why wrestling wasn't fake for a different class entirely And I was able to, like, show them, okay, this is a wrestling ring. It's not a trampoline. You have steel. You have layers of wood. You have a very, very thin piece of pad, and you have canvas. And it hurts. So that seeing, like, them see the construction behind it and also, like, the very real injuries. Uh, Something I had in that presentation was Candice Michelle falling off the top rope and breaking her clavicle. Like people don't really give wrestling it's just due because they see a presentation and they see more to it than just pure athleticism. I mean, if I want to be invested in something, yes, athletes are great. I love football for that reason. I love hockey and lacrosse for that reason, but When I'm watching wrestling, yeah, the wrestling is fantastic, but there's more nuance to it. So, like, having those candid conversations about all aspects of uh, storytelling, I mean, whether it's from a promo or the commentary, especially, because I grew up with, like, Jim Ross and, like, Michael Cole, Mike Taney. So, like, hearing them add more value to whatever it is that was being presented to show more legitimacy and really get you invested, that's art within itself. So I don't think it should make a difference whether it's going to be coming from a wrestling broadcast or two people doing commentary for playing like a video game. Like you're still engaging and trying to sell people like, no, this is something very competitive going on. Look at these feats. So
1: like, even what was your
0: uh, counter for him?
1: I had just, so the rest of the class was online And he was Mm -hmm. like, you have to do commentary for four weeks and you have to pick something. So I legitimately said to him, I'm picking AEW because they want to hear what I can do. So I'm doing AEW, I don't care what you say. And that was the last of it. And I got a hundred on every assignment. I did every single woman's match for four weeks. And I was like, I mean,
0: at least you had one match a week, so. (laughs) That is
1: true. (laughs) But even my- I mean, that's a whole
0: conversation for another day. It's just Tony Khan, book more than one woman's match on television, please.
1: I'm waiting for it. I'm waiting for my woman's main event. But even my advisor was someone that was so hard on me. And he said, I think it was like from day one freshman year to literally the day I graduated. He's like, why? And I was like, because this is why I want to do it. Like, everyone within my major did like football, basketball, and hockey. I was like, there's no one covering. Wrestling here, it's different. You want to grade the same assignment 20 times? I'm giving you like something different. And even my sports feature writing class, I had a huge fight with him because it was right after I did my feature on Chelsea Green. And I was the only person in my class getting my stuff published on a website. No one else in my class could say that. And I was making connections. And so I had to do four. So Chelsea was my second one. And he says to me, He's like, You can't do wrestling anymore. I said, Why? He said, Because you need to learn how to write about other sports. And there was 15 kids in my class, and I looked at him and I said, "Well, I'm going to tell you some fun facts here. There's 15 kids in this class that have no ideas of what to write. I've come to you with wrestlers that want to do features with me. I've come to you with people who are on TV. You said week one of this class that no one has contacts for anyone on TV. My first two features were Thunder Rose and Chelsea Green, two wrestlers yeah. that guess what? They're on TV, and no one has the contacts I do in this class." That's first of all. Second, my stuff's getting published. Everyone else's stuff is getting published in our university's school newspaper. I'm going global. That's something, that's something else. No one in this class could say. And third of all, hey, I just did this interview with Kimmy. Kimmy was actually really good. If Chelsea says that to people at Impact, where she was at the time, or NWA, mm-hmm. or GCW, or even Thunder Rosa says stuff to AEW, that's how I'm getting my name out there so you want me to give all that up so you could prove a point that i need to learn to write about other sports and my whole class looked at me and he he said to me he's like you're right and he never said anything again and i was like yeah Mm -hmm. because that's how it works you can't just want me to fit in with everybody when i have everything going for me on the other side
0: sorry and here's my thing you want to be able to network and Field that is very much important to you—that's networking right there. And on top of that, what's the good of blending into the background when you need something to stand out? Because when you're looking for jobs, it's not about matching what someone else can do; it's about what makes you unique. So the fact that even from an early age, the fact that you knew well enough, or you had this identity that when I grow up, I want to be Kimmy—that is something that a lot of kids today can really learn from. Just. Betting on yourself, and you shouldn't have to settle for, like, oh, I want to be this, I want to be that. I want to be me, and I want to be happy with what I do. So that is extremely commendable. And the fact that you also happen to be the only woman in the department, if I remember correctly.
1: Yeah. That. So there was originally two of us. There was originally two of us. Oh. And the other one, she was an athlete and she was offered a full ride to another school, and she transferred. I was like, you're leaving me alone with the wolves, I'm gonna get eaten alive. But I guess I proved myself pretty good. because when I got the award, yeah. the whole senior class was like, well, this award, you had a lot of competition for it, it was you and yourself. And I was like, exactly, had a lot of competition, okay. myself, that's a big game.
0: And think about it. You're also working for an industry that has always been extremely saturated with men that it would make sense that, of course, you have to fight to, like, be literally three times as good as anybody else just because they're overseeing you for being a woman, which is ridiculous.
1: Exactly. And, like, that's something I've always said. Like, I know I'm not the best in, like, my whole grade, but, like, I'm doing stuff that's better than Anyone else here like when I did my Adam and Brit interview and it was getting covered by Fightful My advisor was so amazed. He's like your article is actually getting picked up. I said yeah, because this was kind of a big deal And I asked a really good question He was like dumbfounded. I was like well Maybe you should get the other people in your department to actually like venture out of the Ryder University circle
0: yeah I mean, I was grateful that when I was in college, I was doing interviews on squared Circle Sirens. I was getting to talk to like people get into podcasting, like really try to like do more than just a collegiate level publication because at the end of the day i 'm not going to be doing collegiate forever. I want to be able to translate this into the real world, so why not start now
1: exactly and like I feel like colleges don 't realize that like that 's the biggest lesson in our industry is like you have to actually do things outside of the collegiate level to like, c- to carry over to the real world. That's how you learn. You don't learn in a college newsroom. You learn in the real world. That's what jobs are looking at.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, it's just crazy to think that so many people can take something like that for granted because when you think about like what makes something newsworthy, one of the biggest, if not the most important thing when it comes to newsworthiness is gonna be the reach. And what bigger reach can there be contained to just a campus, contained to just an institution? If you're not able to break beyond that to inform many other people and show, like, hey, what you have here, it is a very newsworthy event. There's nothing more newsworthy than the rest of the world.
1: Exactly. Colleges take notes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. I also just wish it wasn't so expensive to have to learn these lessons because, I mean, I am grateful for the experience I had. I had a great department. I take a lot of that with me today, but we should not be going into, like, five, six-digit debt just to be able to have those experiences.
1: I start paying my loan in November. I'm so not excited.
0: (sighs) Well... We're rooting for that TV gig so you could pay it off in, like, two years. So it's going to so, happen.
1: <laughs> so I re- so July 4th just passed, and they were like, you know, a $1,000 reward. So I was like, if I find, like, 20 houses, that's my whole loan. So I was, like, looking for people doing fireworks so I could, like, report them to get a $1,000 reward. So I could just be like, here you go.
0: Oh, so, like, citations reporting?
1: Not, not even that like if you called 311 anonymously and they arrested somebody for shooting up fireworks you get a $1,000 reward in New York
0: wait a minute. but I thought it was legal in New York they're That's selling not... them they were selling them a target here
1: is that only so then is it New York City where it's not legal because they don't you know sell it wouldn't it surprise
0: me if it wouldn't surprise me if it's like a city thing versus like a state thing because erie county on the opposite side like buffalo it's street legal
1: you you can't do it. it's illegal here you can't do it here you we have to go to like pa to get our fireworks
0: that is crazy i mean i don't even like fireworks for what it's worth uh, i neither just do think I. it's like,
1: that's why i want to support just... the people
0: yeah i mean get that (laughs) money but i mean you do also report on other things too i mean you just so happen to be blogging over on the pop break so i I think uh one of the cool things is like i like that you are getting into every part of media like whether it's behind a microphone whether it's in front of a camera or behind a keyboard so like what do you think has been uh one of the best experiences that you're able to bring into blogging
1: oh god um I think for me, like, I was always never a good writer, so the fact that the editor for the pop break was able to make me a good writer is, like, something that is amazing to itself. But I think it's also taught me that, like, I'm skilled in other things. Like, I was so like, I say this every open house I did at my school, is like, I was so dead set on, like, talking in front of a camera. That's all I wanted to do. But within my major, they teach you everything. They teach you how to write, they teach you how to produce, edit videos, and- when I was like, well, this could be something for me. And then Bill, that's the name of the editor for the website. He just like gave Mm -hmm. me that chance. And I went from really, 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 really bad to the Adam and Brit interview was like the most segregated um, article that website's ever had, that the website nearly crashed. That's never happened in 14 years. And I was like, so amazed. I was like, that little thing, really? He was like, yeah, because it was really good. And I was like, okay. So I think just learning I'm good in other things and not just talking in front of a camera was the biggest thing for me.
0: Yeah. And I feel like today, especially like a lot of the people that you see, whether it's like in a traditional news industry or it's like a more like pop culture, sports centered uh, media industry, you're just going to see a lot of multimedia journalists. You're not really going to see just one set anchor, just one set reporter. Like you actually have to really be able to do your own things. Like you have to write your own scripts. You have to produce your own uh, videos. You have to be able to edit them. You have to be able to actually like go through and like interview. Like it really... It's crazy like how much goes into journalism that a lot of people just kind of either dismiss or they don't realize until they get into it themselves so do you think it was uh, a bigger struggle once you are trying to adapt a lot of that knowledge into what you were already doing or did it actually end up translating a little bit better uh, once you got your feet wet?
1: i think it took me a while and then like as i got more comfortable and i started to like do it a lot more because it was like i was running sporadically and then I got used to it and then I started, you know, like I think, cause the pop break was also a class for the semester for me. I did it as an internship for credit. And I remember like I was writing for him every week and he always said to me, he's like, okay, now the biggest thing you you got to believe in what you're writing. You can't just like, oh yeah, this was really bad. Like, no, believe in what you're doing. You're really good at what you do. And I was like, yeah. really, I am okay. And my advisor would say the same thing to me. He's like. You're confident in defending wrestling to me, but you're not confident that you think what you're doing is good. Tell me how that works out. I'm just like, I don't know. Just here.
0: Yeah, I feel like that's a lot of struggles, like, I know I've had to, where I feel like I'm, it's either self-criticism or it almost turns into, like, inner saboteur. Like, do you feel like a lot of the time you, it's just a matter of, do i feel good about this not about if it. it is objectively good but it's just hearing like that voice in heard saying i don't know i could tweak this i could tweak that and then just kind of overanalyzing things
1: it's the it's the athlete in me cuz i was like that as an athlete a lot where i would be like mm-hmm. well that sucked like every race i ran i was like well that was pretty bad and my coach was like what what for, what are you doing? So I feel like that's like kind of carried over. I mean, I feel like that's the also the anxiety in me. That's like, this is bad. This is bad. So like I did a Women's history month article where I featured Ella and I did like all women in wrestling media and I was like, like, it was a great idea and I didn't know how to like do it. And I was like, well, I had this idea a month ago. How do I not know how to like write it out? And I was like, I finished it and I was like, damn, I was so proud of this idea, but I don't like how it came out. And Bill texts me, he goes, you lost confidence halfway through, but for what reason? You loved it. It was a great idea. You gotta follow all the way through. You know what you're doing. So I feel like it's just a self-sabotage hump I have to get over, but Mm -hmm. I think one day it'll get there. Hopefully. When anxiety goes away.
0: I mean, if it goes away, if it doesn't, it's kind of just learning to cope with it and really kind of just keep persevering through, which you're more than capable of doing. And I feel like a lot of the times, like, especially because you, again, a great idea is featuring so many different women in wrestling media where it still feels so underrepresented. So, I mean, who were some standouts uh, that you were able to feature and that you kind of uh, look to as an inspiration for what you do?
1: definitely Ella. Like, I check out all of Ella's stuff, and I'm just like, oh, I can learn from this. Ella's actually, the reason why I applied to do the Adam and Britt interview, to be honest, is because Ella told me that she put in for it, and I was like, that sounds like a really good idea right now. And then I put in for it, and I got it, and I was like, damn. If only, like, if Ella didn't tell me that, this this opportunity wouldn't have happened. So I really, like, Ella, May Valentine someone that has, like, she's she literally go from like the entertainment industry to this is insane Renee Paquette the, uh, Veda Scott obviously when hoping she gets her AW collision debut soon oh
0: my gosh I'm rooting for Veda so hard I mean she's literally everywhere like, whether it's on a microphone or even still wrestling here and there, too. I mean, like, she's really gotten her name around this last year, and she's damn good at what she does. Like, she's gotten to do New Japan. She's got to do so many different independents. Even, like, in the years prior, she was doing AEW. She was doing Impact. Like, she should be a household name and is such a vital voice to this uh, industry that I really hope can uh, get her just do.
1: And Tony Khan mentioned her on a media scrum, so hopefully soon.
0: I'm really hoping if uh, they look to expand uh, the Ring of Honor team, especially if Nigel's going to be doing Collision with Kevin Kelly, I think she would fit right in with Caprice and Ian.
1: I have so many problems with the current Ring of Honor product. That's That's a whole mess. That's another conversation for a whole other day. yeah
0: i mean we gotta focus on the good so i mean you've been able to really cover so much of it i mean you're if there's a podcast chances are you're on it talking about wrestling so how did you get into the pov team
1: so i was with kyle on his old channel about Mm -hmm. two years ago and then He and his friends started Elite POV and they had been like begging me to do something with them, but I was still in school. They didn't want it to interfere, even though I think I've Mm -hmm. proven that I could do everything at the same time somehow and still get sleep. So Yeah, which
0: is crazy to think because I've seen you like run around conventions with like a headless chicken while also still knowing like, oh yeah, like I go back on like Tuesday once I have to go straight to lectures. I'm like, are you serious?
1: Oh, LA? LA was crazy. I was gone for two weeks.
0: You were gone for two weeks for L.A.?
1: So, how my schedule worked out senior year was that I only had classes Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So, I Mm -hmm. left my school Thursday night, then I was gone Friday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday I flew to L.A., then I was gone Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, flew back Monday night, then Tuesday and Wednesday I was home, because Thursday night I was flying to Indiana for another convention... So I came back literally Monday, like after the day after Easter and my Mm -hmm. roommates were like, welcome back. I was like, well, thank you. Here's my grand entrance after leaving for two weeks. And my teacher for the one, for like the two in-person classes I had, she was like, well, hello world traveler of like two different states in two weeks. And I'm like, hi. But I graduated with the 3-9, so clearly they didn't care.
0: Okay, so you're just casually dropping the semicolon loud. Okay, all right. NBD is not about the numbers, Kimmy. She, no, I'm, no, like you are extremely like impressive with everything you do, so it makes total sense that that would be how you graduate school.
1: <laughs> I, I don't know how. I'm just like, yeah, I'm yeah. here. And we're just gonna, cause I think a lot of things too, like I've tried to count so many wrestling related things to school, so Mm. I had this system where all my homework I would do while watching wrestling, and all my wrestling work I would do during school. And then after that's all over we go to sleep.
0: I mean it worked out well for you so i mean it's crazy to still see like you also get involved not only with uh reporting and wrestling but also getting to really be involved in it too i mean funny enough i think it was february you and i literally both made our commentary debuts at the same weekend at two different shows
1: it was a great weekend debut for us
0: yes it was gosh i mean uh talk to me about uh goddesses i mean that i mean you have so many great people there so goddesses of war wrestling i know you're in the booth you have someone like uh, samira who is uh everyone's favorite correspondent uh in her own words too i mean literally the woman's everywhere it makes total sense but like how did that experience get to come about
1: so, I worked with Kevin Nasta, that's the person in charge of goddesses, on the convention scene. That was, how it all comes back to the convention scene somehow, somewhat. I mean,
0: you got your name out there.
1: I guess so. I, that's still the craziest thing to me, is, like, if I make it somehow in, like, wrestling. Oh, yeah, my start was on the convention scene. So, Kevin had known me, and he had told me about goddesses, and I remember I was on a cruise in Bermuda where he told me he's like I'm gonna use you on the first show and I was like okay so his initial idea for me was like I was just gonna podcast and like interview everybody on that first show but I had begged <laughs> him I'm like I want to do more I, I'm i worried I could do more like let me do more so I listed like things I wanted to do and we had done another interview when we were closer to the show and after he said to me he's like do you just want to commentate and I was like wait, really? Like, I'm going to do it? Like, my eight-year-old childhood dream is about to come true? My senior year of college? And he said, yeah. And I was like, oh my god, that is crazy. And I didn't tell anybody. And I remember I was in Atlantic City on New Year's Eve. And I was like, Mm -hmm. man, it would be so cool if I can announce something to start the new year. And I was like, wait, I can. I'll make my commentary debut. So then I wrote, like, the little paragraph. I said, you know, 2023, I'm coming for everything that's mine. And then we announced it. And then I was still interviewing everybody on the show. And then we got to February 25th. And I somehow did it. Didn't have a panic attack, which is the shockingest thing to me ever. And I guess I did pretty well because i've been doing commentary for warriors of wrestling i'm doing my i'm doing it in person this weekend it's only my second time doing it in person kind of nervous. oh wow yeah exciting
0: incredible so i mean do you do play by play or do you do color color see i do play by play so if there's ever a match and uh, we need to assemble a booth Ooh. i'm just saying
1: you know that that be that'd be pretty good
0: Yeah, I mean, what's the saying? Never say never in wrestling?
1: Never say never. They say that every single day, basically.
0: Yeah, I mean, you got to take everything for what it's worth. I mean, it's a gift. That's why they call it the present. So you got to think like that. So and something else that that I'm sure that is a gift is the fact they've also got to work with some incredible legends in the industry. Uh, One that immediately stands out to me is Maria Kanellis Bennett, the genius that she is
1: my wrestling mom.
0: So, how did this mentorship start?
1: So, I worked with her in January of 2021. We did a virtual signing, and her and Mike were, like, it was after the signing was over. Her and Mike were sitting there, and they were talking, and Maria goes, So, what do you actually want to do? Like, where is this all leading to for you? So, I told her, like, commentary is the main thing. And she left, and she goes, So, hypothetically, let's just say there's a wrestling company out there that's trying to revamp their women's division, and want some coverage of this, if this was me, I would definitely try to take that to my advantage and try to get involved with it. She was talking about the Ring of Honor Women's Championship Tournament in 2021. So that was my first inside scoop ever that I knew. So I was like, I've made it. Insider. So then they announced it. So I was like, okay, I'll just do reviews for it. And then I saw her, I think two weeks into like the, not, I guess like the preview, I wouldn't say prelims, but like showcasing who was going to be in it. And then mm-hmm. she put me in touch with the PR person at Ring of Honor. So I started interviewing oh. people. So I've interviewed Maria like four times and she's like, can you stop interviewing me? And I'm like, I'm sorry <laughs> that the PR guy gave you to me. Like, that's not on me. That's on the PR rep for Ring of Honor and yeah. then she just really took me under her wing i mean she had told me that she was going to AEW without like telling me she was going to AEW because i remember mm-hmm. i was interviewing her for one of my, like my final school assignments for the fall semester and she said to me she goes what contacts do you have in AEW?" and i was like that's such a weird specific question and this was before bound for glory it was like september I was like, that's such a weird... You know
0: what? Because we were talking about this outside at... uh, Was it the next day after the tapings where they dropped the tag titles?
1: Yeah. Then I was like... It didn't click until two days later. I was like, wait, she's telling me she signed her AEW. But I was like, no.
0: And then they show up on Dynamite. It's like, oh...
1: I remember so rampage wasn't live it was taped and i was with my roommates at half price apps at applebee's and my dad mm. sent me the pw insider article that said that they be- debuted i was screaming in applebee's i was like oh but also shout out
0: to applebee's and the half price appetizers yes best thing ever
1: best thing for college i miss the dollar
0: shows. long island oh, so good Yep. Yeah. So- but i digress <laughs> <laughs>
1: And then I remember, like, that Friday night, my friends wanted to make plans. I'm like, not until after 10 o'clock. We have to wait till after Rampage. Or, like, after 11. And they were like, why? And I'm like, because I got to see this in person. I got to see my mentor debut. You don't understand. And then I screened in my room for about five minutes. And I was like, okay, I'm ready for whatever we're going to do now. i prepared. All prepared. <laughs> But, yeah, I think, like, Maria just saw, like, the drive in me. And, like, she's always said, like, she doesn't understand how I travel and do everything I do. And just seeing, like, all mm-hmm. the stuff she does for Women's Wrestling and, like, even Women's Wrestling Army, it's absolutely incredible. And to have that, like, relationship, it's so cool. Like, she was actually one of the first wrestlers I've considered, like, a friend. I'm like, no, scared. and I feel
0: like... Maria really doesn't get her dues because, I mean, the things that she's been able to do outside of being an active wrestler, I mean, she's one of the best managers that I've ever seen. Like, really, like, after she had her first run in WWE and she was really able to, like, come into her own in Ring of Honor as the first lady, like... I didn't know she had this heel side to her, but she was cunning. She was brilliant. Like, she was very feminine. It, like, was everything that you would want, like, in a really good, like, female heel character. And then also seeing her business acumen with, like, everything with Ring of Honor and, like, seeing how, like, she was able to, like, kind of reestablish Women of Honor. And then even the stuff that she's able to do with uh, Women's Wrestling Army and even, to some degree, this new and current Ring of Honor as well, too, under the Tony Khan umbrella. I mean... I just hope that she really does get her flowers because I mean she's going on 20 years in the industry next year from the diva search that no one took seriously
1: that's still so crazy like it boggle like she talks about it all the time she's like remember when I was at ditzy interviewer in WWE and I was like yeah but I was like five so like no but yes I know what you're talking about but just to see <laughs> the transition it's crazy
0: yeah, I mean, I, that's all about betting on yourself, which, I mean, you've been able to do as well, too. I mean, you think about some of the other women that you've gotten to, like, really get close with, people like Chelsea, people like Mia Yim, our beloved Mia Yim. Like, just seeing, like, her face, like, in person at Bound for Glory this last year was great because I missed seeing her in Dallas. And just, like, immediately, like, you, me, and LRL was just like, okay, are you guys on your best behavior and everything, too? What do you got for me? <laughs> just kind of knowing, like, hey, we're... Reporters, but we could also be shitsters when we need to. So you never know. You never know.
1: They call me the troublemaker of the convention scene for a reason. Let's just say that.
0: You're a perfect little angel. What do you mean, Kimmy?
1: I mean, you've seen me run around.
0: I mean, you were going to run around regardless of if you were going to be trouble or not. Let's be real. Talent sometimes have their own agenda at those conventions where half the time uh, it's not even about sitting at their booth. It's about catching up with friends. (laughs)
1: I mean, Thunder Rose and Bobby slammed me last year. Are we kidding?
0: Wait, you took a bump last year? At a convention? Yep. Where was I?
1: <laughs> this was in Baltimore. This was in May. Oh, I wasn't
0: there. Never mind, never mind.
1: See, Thunder's, oh, God. Th- Thunder's just very, very upset that I am very close friends with everyone's favorite role model, Dr. Britt Baker, uh, DMD. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm and so basically when i did my interview with her my lock screen on my phone was a picture of me and brit and she was like i'm doing you a favor and this is how you repay me and she's like goes on and on about it so then obviously as soon as this happens is when the revolution match happens between brit and thunder so i like go on a podcast and we're going to predict this match now everyone's like oh my god who's kimmy gonna pick who's kimmy gonna pick so i'm like okay i'll be nice i'll pick thunder you know who won not Thunder. Britt Baker did. So that is the last time I pick Thunder Rosa for something. (laughs) So now, I go on social media, and I'm like, yeah, Britt's better. Team Britt all the way. Someone sent it to Thunder Rosa that knows her personally. So now, Thunder Rosa took her vendetta out against me, and body slammed me.
0: Well then. Talk about working yourself into a shoot, huh?
1: I mean, did you not see the pictures when Nyla Rose drew on my face at WrestleCade?
0: I mean, Nyla's going to do what Nyla's going to do regardless. Does not matter what led to it? It I was going to say, speaking of shitsters, Nyla Rose is probably, like, outside of the ring, like, public enemy number one. Because she will find something, and she will dog you for hours. And it is very entertaining.
1: Yeah, she likes my face, is her favorite feature. And then paint markers and drawing on it for no reason. Why?
0: I mean, it's just a blank canvas. I mean... Beauty is in the eye of the beholder, and she wanted to behold your face.
1: Do you know how hard it is to get paint pen off of skin? You have to literally put hands in. I yes, put actually. hand sanitizer all over my face. I was almost blinded, and then she tries to slam me through a table.
0: <laughs> See, you just got to come to Buffalo. We put ourselves through tables. That's nothing.
1: I yelled at her. I said, I don't know how to take a bump, so I don't know what you're doing, buddy. I don't know what you're well, doing tuck changes. in your
0: chin okay <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then the baddies are just like looking at me and i'm like help hello and you know, i fourth... did
0: see that picture of you of like red velvet and the...
1: <laughs> i'm the fourth baddie i'm officially inducted as the i'm the little baddie i'm number Period. four
0: see that's what we really needed for you to do uh when it came time for double or nothing you needed to be out there for that entrance out.
1: I met Jade for the first time <laughs> in Vegas in May because we went down there and I remember mm-hmm. I said to her I'm like oh look I, I, I work with Layla all the time she goes you're the fourth you're the little baddie you're the famous little baddie and I was like mm-hmm. you know who I am literally had a stroke I was like these people know me I've made it
0: Yeah, like, you'd be surprised, like, just having an open personality and, like, being able to build a rapport with whoever, it translates to other people. Like, I'm very grateful for the circle that I was able to make in wrestling, because you would be surprised who actually, like, remembers you about stuff like that, where it's just, like, kind of like, at Russellcon, where it's just, like, me hanging out with Elle and everything, too, just like, oh, yeah, like, Mickey knows who I am. And like setting up for God and like hanging out with them at the bar after the impact tapings doing karaoke where freaking Craig Robinson from the office was there. And I didn't even realize it till after the fact. So, of course, I had to like no sell that. I'm just like, I don't want to bother him. Like, I'm sure everyone else is trying to run up to him and say hi and everything, too. It's just like, damn.
1: It's so so weird, too, because I like a lot of my friends don't like they know what I do, but they know very Mm -hmm. vaguely what I do. So they're idea of my convention work is Kimmy just hangs out with famous people all the time and we want Kimmy to be verified like all her friends and I'm like if you want to go through that for me go right ahead I'm not going through the whole Instagram and not spend
0: eight dollars to do it
1: it's eight dollars no not on Twitter I'm not getting Twitter blue do- on Instagram isn't it like I
0: thought Instagram has paid verification now too
1: I do they I thought you I'm pretty sure it's thirteen
0: dollars we're gonna get a live scoop, folks. We're gonna look at this. Instagram page Cause I thought
1: you just had to give all these government official documents proving that like it's really you. Cause me and Vert Learned Vixen. Learn how are to
0: subscribe about. to Meta Verified on Instagram.
1: I'm intrigued. Because now I gotta tell Vert Vixen, because her and I were looking into this.
0: It is eleven ninety nine per month.
1: Why?
0: I just this is a controversial yet brave statement i feel like the whole point of verification on social media is to prove like you are definitely yourself because there is a risk of like no like if i have someone that's out there making fake accounts about me and then like they get into like some shady business like money laundering and stuff i don't want that attached to me like, I feel like you should be able to work towards that and really get to show, like, hey, I'm legit. Like, this is my credential. Instead of just being like, oh, I have money to spend every month. Why not?
1: That's ridiculous. The fact that it's more than Twitter? Are you kidding me?
0: Yeah. I mean, maybe it'll translate over to uh, threads now, too, because uh, so, we're now in our threads era as well.
1: <laughs> yeah, so I don't have threads. And I you do. So is it worth it? Yeah.
0: I would say as it stands right now, it is a good start. I actually have a laundry list of uh, things that I would love uh, that uh, Threads can enable. Okay, let me go to my Threads. Uh, we are getting a uh, Content with Creation exclusive. We'll see if by the time this episode goes up on July 14th, if anything has changed. Uh, and I quote, the features that Threads currently does not have that I would like to see, direct messages, chronological timeline close friends threads a gif search uh, the ability to share a thread to messenger for instagram and facebook uh, options to view stories from threads profiles instead of just instagram so kind of like how like when we had fleets back in the day on twitter uh, sensitive media warnings cause duh I mean social media like you never know uh, let's see multimedia threads so you could have like multiple pictures and videos in one post which I mean you can have more than one picture in a post but I don't think you can do uh, more than one video yet so I might circle back to that. Uh, voice threads, uh, the ability to embed a reel or an Instagram video in a post instead of it just being like a separate upload. Oh. Does that mean if it's the same account anyways, why not?
1: No.
0: Uh, let's see. Scheduled posting, polls, uh, time posts so they could disappear after like however long you set it to, which is something that even Twitter doesn't have that I would love to see them get a lug up on. Uh, bookmarks. Pinning posts. Uh, I did notice that the ability to view who's reposting, like, outside of a notification is not there. So, like, you know how you can see, like, who all has retweeted something? That was missing. And then, last but certainly not least, a damn edit button.
1: But aside from
0: all those missing features, I actually am liking it so far.
1: But what was that other app that everybody got on in, like, February and March? Oh, Hive? Yeah, and then Hive died. So like no, it's... Hive
0: is still alive. It's just, it wasn't for me.
1: No, one It felt more it like Hive.
0: Tumblr than it did Twitter.
1: That's true.
0: So, I mean, to each their own. And then Blue Sky, you need invites for, like... Can you tell we want to be uh, on a better alternative to Twitter? But right now, there isn't a fully good one. Boo. So... Soon. Boo, Elon. Boo, Elon. Boo, Elon. This episode of Content Creation is brought to you by Amazon Music Unlimited. Amazon Music is home to over 100 million songs, ad-free podcasts where you're able to listen offline with unlimited skips, pick any song to play ad-free, and you can even listen in HD at no extra cost. You can also experience spatial audio on your favorite devices, and the best part is is that I have a trial for free 30 days, and then it only goes up to $8.99 a month after that. I mean, that's cheaper than quite a few other streaming services for just music and podcasts at a moment's notice, including this one. For your free trial, head on over to joseontheair.com. That is J-O-S-E-O-N-T-H-E-A-I-R.com and get started with 30 days of free Amazon Music Unlimited. But yes, uh, on to uh, more appropriate things. Uh, one of my favorite memories of you... Is that you have been known to be a little unpredictable at times. Namely, at Impact Bound for Glory 2022, uh, one of the greatest reverse sweeps in pay-per-view predictions history, only correctly predicting the main event. So, I I mean, how did you conjure up your thoughts? I would love to know.
1: I literally sat there and thought about it so hard. I was like, okay, this is what's gonna happen. Scott Damore and Gail Kim are gonna be on my side. So what I think happened was they read my article and they are like, we're gonna do the complete opposite of what Kimmy said. That is the only viable explanation because some of the things I said actually made total sense. Like Bully Ray winning the Call Your Shot Battle Royal. Did anybody have that? No.
0: No, but i did have taylor wilde coming back for it and i mega popped
1: you did i can attest to this happening
0: yes and i knew exactly what the song was as soon as it started playing and everyone's just like what are you reacting to it's like
1: oh there she is then ella's singing to hardcore country and i'm just like
0: i do know we and- both sing to hardcore co- we were in mickey james cosplays <laughs>
1: They were. It was, like, the most adorable yeah, thing I was ever.
0: 2011 bound for glory, and uh, she was 2021 bound for glory.
1: <laughs> I think it was perfect, to be honest. Well, I mean, as
0: much as you can in October in Albany, it was fucking cold.
1: Oh, my God, yes. I hate going to Albany, but, like...
0: God, waiting outside the armory in that wind was ridiculous.
1: The fact that we had to wait that long because they didn't have an ambulance... You
0: want to know what the worst part about that was? What? remember how I got my trivia question right about uh, Gia Miller being trained by George South and I got that t-shirt?
1: Yeah,
0: I left the fucking t-shirt at the armory like a dumbass.
1: No way. Yep. Aww.
0: Oh. I mean, it could be worse, honestly. like The main shirt I cared about was getting uh, the Hardcore Country Last Rodeo shirt, which they didn't have in my size there, so I ended up getting it from online, but Who cares? I have that one at least. But uh, yeah, going back to uh, your unpredictable patterns, I figured as a good uh, bookend to our little chit chat here, we are going to predict Slammiversary 2023, which by the time this goes up, will be tomorrow.
1: I'm nervous. All right.
0: So as it stands right now, there are eight matches currently announced. So why don't you say uh, we just go through and uh, start thinking about what we think is going to happen and what's not going to happen. Got it. I will start you off with a softball. We're going to start with Joe Hendry versus Kenny King for the Digital Media Championship. Your thoughts.
1: So I feel like they love Joe Hendry. Joe Hendry is super over. And before I went. To Bound for Glory weekend, I had no idea who Joe Hendry was, and I was like, "Wow, this guy's actually really, yeah." Cause like Impact, something where like you know how we were talking about earlier of like things we just follow on our Twitter timeline.
0: Uh huh.
1: That's how I follow Impact. Like if I know I want to see see something, so like when Roxy versus Diana was like the main event of Impact TV, I tuned into that episode. But unless yeah, there's like I something I. And unless there's something I need to see, I'll just follow on Twitter. So I'm like, okay. But I was like, oh my God. And the song that Joe Hendry made for Matt Cardona is literally the funniest thing ever.
0: Oh, it was great. I mean, also, like, side note, I did not expect anyone from What Culture Pro Wrestling to, like, become a household name, kind of like Joe Hendry has.
1: Yeah. He's, like, I know they just did the Australia tour, and he was mm-hmm. probably so over in Australia. Like, damn. But, oh, I hope um, so. I'm gonna go with Joe Hendry retaining his digital media championship. Please let me know. I am as well. Know. Okay.
0: Now that is one that I agree with as well too. So the next one. No, we're gonna go on another light one. Uh, Chris Saban versus Leo Rush for the exhibition championship.
1: So I'm kind of mad. So, there's a lot of things I was mad about that they did at their last monthly big show. And I think one of them was Sabin winning the X Division title. Because I think Slammer Version would have made so so much more sense. Is Sabin Cashed in for option C? They do, like, an, I know, I think there's an Ultimate X on the card, possibly. Uh,
0: looking at it, there di- is an Ultimate X on the card. But here is my thing. Yeah. I think the reason why he got the title at, uh, what was it, Under Siege? Mm hmm. I think it's because he's gonna retain here and then evoke option C for Bound for Glory.
1: Oh, that I could see that. I mean I was having Sabin retain anyway, but that was like one of my yeah. many question marks from under. No, Siege. I was, I was too. like Why.
0: And that's nothing against Leo Rush. I think he's great. We've gotten to see like more of him with like New Japan strong and everything too, but I feel like as it stands right now, like they're definitely building to a face off between the machine uh the motor city machine guns, so I'm going to give this one to Chris Saban as well.
1: We're 2-0. and oh. We're doing great. All
0: right. We're going to go a little less predictable. Oh, no. We have PCO and Scott Moore against Bully Ray and Steve Macklin with Darren McCarty. Uh, Detroit Red Wings uh, Hall of Famer as special guest enforcer.
1: I'm so mad about... This match because I feel like this is the only reason they took the title off Macklin and I felt like you've built Macklin for so long for him to hold the title for two months that it was it's like what do you do with him now so I was really disappointed but I think the faces are gonna win because Scott Demore doesn't get in the ring just to lose and I think Bully Ray has been a little bit like. He's been overly confident going into this, so I'm going to go with Scott Demore and PCO. Plus, PCO's my bestie. You know, the last, like, pay-per-view, I picked him to win, and he won, and nobody else picked him. So I got to go with my bestie, PCO.
0: So here's my thing, and I'm going to be very transparent when I say that I'm not a fan of this person. This person has me blocked on social media because I've said some things that they don't agree with. But I think Bully Ray is going to win this match, and I think he's going to pin Scott Demore to win the match, and it's going to be the heels go over, and I'm not going to like it, but that's what I think is going to happen.
1: I could see that, but I think, I don't know, like, do we think this match is going to be an event? Hell no. Okay. Just making I
0: don't sure. even think it's going to be semi-main event.
1: They should open with this match, to be honest. They won't. They're gonna open with the Ultimate X, but
0: yeah, because it saves some time in tearing down the ring. So, but yeah, I mean, why don't we just transition into Ultimate X? So we have a four, uh, yeah, it is a five-way Ultimate X match. Uh, did not expect that. We have Angels Alan Angels uh, from the design going against Speedball Mike Bailey against the Octopus Jonathan Gresham versus Kevin Knight versus Kushida. Your thoughts?
1: This is going to be a good match. Ultimate X is my favorite gimmick match in all of wrestling ever. Like, not thinking I'm ever so come. glad
0: I've gotten to see one live.
1: Yeah. It was WrestleCon Dallas. We got to see one live. Like, the impact yep. that they did. Yeah. And it I... was
0: intergender. Yes, it
1: was. I felt like my whole life was accomplished that night that I got to see an Ultimate X live. Yeah. I think they're i think speedball mike bailey is someone that in impact world is so underutilized it's like he they put him in these big matches and like he can't win and i don't understand why he's so talented so but i'm gonna pick him not just because i just worked with him but i i'm confident that he's gonna this is his match this he's got this speedball mike bailey
0: so the only reason why i'm hesitant to choose mike bailey is because he is a former x division champion and had a great reign I think it might go to someone that's been really going back and forth with him in a, ma- a battle of one-upsmanship. I think this time it's going to be Jonathan Gresham.
1: I don't want him to win the exhibition title, though, if that's what this is leading to.
0: I mean, it all comes down to what ultimately happens with the actual title match and how they want to play out uh, Chris Saban eventually facing off with Alex Shelley, which I think is actually what's going to end up happening, but... I don't know. I feel like Jonathan Gresham is due for something in Impact. I mean, especially with him deliberately leaving uh, current Ring of Honor and AW to go to Impact. I feel like he's not there just to wrestle. Like there has to be some sort of incentive for him to be there, and I feel like having a run with the exhibition title is that incentive.
1: Yeah, I mean, I could see it. I'm still confident. People, Mike Bailey.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, moving along, uh, we got a couple different tag title matches. Uh, why don't we start with uh, the four-way tag? We have uh, Ace Bullet Club, uh, Ace Austin, Chris Bay, defending against Moose and Brian Myers, defending against Rich Swan and Sam Callahan, defending against the subculture in Flash Morgan and Mark Andrews, which I'm so glad that uh, Mark Andrews is back in Impact. Like, he is so, so underrated for the stuff he was doing from, like, back in the gut check days uh, yes and wait gut check and British boot camp oh my god like I forgot that both of them happened if we're being honest
1: cause it was so long ago what was it like 5-6 years maybe it was
0: close for like 10
1: you know what I, I almost felled math so you know what that's okay I'm I mean go. the math ain't
0: math and it's okay
1: the, mat- the math is never mathing. So I like <laughs> what ABC is doing, to be honest. I think, like, this is where the Bullet Club is really thriving. I don't really think they're thriving in the New Japan world. I don't think that David Finlay is, like, the Bullet Club leader that we all wanted in our lives. He's... Kind of trash. Not going to lie. Kind of trash. But I think they're going to make the Bullet Club strong and they're going to win. They're going to bring some prestige back to the Bullet Club. They're going to retain.
0: I mean, they've been on a roll. I think Bullet Club retains here as well, too. I mean, it would be kind of shocking to see any other team take them out right now, at least. No, they need to keep riding that high. Uh, The other uh, tag team championship we have, the Knockouts World Tag Team Championships. We have the Coven, Kylan King, Taylor Wilde. Going against the recent... uh, The very new tandem of Killer Kelly and Masha Slamovich. Your thoughts?
1: So, I do love that they're using Killian King. I think it's fantastic. Also, selfishly, I really want the Coven to retain because they're going to appear at Wrestle Bash at the end of August. And I want my picture with the knockout tag titles. But, meaning how much... Like, fan favorite, the new Masha Slamovich Killer Kelly thing they got going on. I could totally see them picking up the gold, so I'm gonna pick them to be and new tag team champs.
0: Yeah, I feel like as it stands right now, I mean, the Coven has really taken on everyone that's been thrown their way, like, especially like both versions of Death Dolls and everything, too, and just kind of like trying to breathe new life into the tag division. I feel like right now that new life is going to be the ever so violent duo. Of Masha Slamovich and Killer Kelly, so I'm going to say and new as well. Uh, which brings us to our two world title matches. Uh, up first, the uh, the incredible Trinity going against the virtuoso Diana Perazzo. First time ever encounter. Knockouts world title. What say you?
1: I'm so nervous. Um, because I can see this match going both ways. Because I know Trinity is only signed until Bound for Glory, I believe. I believe she only signed a six month deal. So I could see them not wanting to put the title on her just for her to defend it for like three shows if she doesn't plan on re signing so I could see Deanna picking up the win, but meaning how much Trinity does love Impact from, like, the stuff that she said in interviews and on social media, I do see her potentially signing longer term, especially if, like, they want to eventually get to that Trinity-Mercedes-Monet match that, like, everyone wanted mm-hmm. at Multiverse. That is sadly probably not going to happen at Multiverse. So yeah. I'm going to pick Trinity and hope that she gets the job done and that she signs the impact longer.
0: So here is my rationale. I think regardless of whoever wins this match, I think we see someone reemerge at the end of the match. Uh, someone who the last time that impact was in Windsor, Ontario, Canada, they left something in the ring. So I think regardless of whoever wins, Someone that is going to be uh, in their sights, in their path to Bound for Glory, is probably going to be hardcore country Mickey James. That being said, we have seen many an encounters between Deanna and Mickey. Phenomenal matches every time. They managed to outdo each other like every other time they're in the ring. It's phenomenal. But I feel like the uniqueness of having that X factor in Trinity really getting to see what she's capable of doing in this new environment, really betting on herself more than just being a product of the machine, and the possibilities that that can lead to. I love Diana. I'm going to say, and new, and Trinity will be Knockouts World Champion going into Bound for Glory.
1: I'm feeling more confident that you and I are picking the same things. I think. I think I'm going to redeem myself. Just saying. I know we have one more match left, but I'm feeling good.
0: Yeah, I will say the only other way that I could honestly see this going if Deanna retains and Mickey doesn't come back is that we might be setting up for Giselle Shaw to be the next Knockouts World Champion.
1: I could see that. I think they're trying to put her in that position. I know she has a lot of media for them, so I think Mm -hmm. they definitely see her that way. I know her and Gail just recently got knocked out of Amazing Race Canada in the first round. I was so sad when I saw that. I was like... Man, but I and Impact I Wrestling
0: really doesn't have the best track record with the Amazing Race, huh?
1: No, I actually, me and Brooke had a very long conversation about her experiences in the Amazing Race.
0: Oh, I've heard stories about Brooke's experiences in the Amazing Race and what happened afterward, but that might be a topic for discussion for another podcast. <laughs> yes, we'll we'll take that one offline if you know what I mean, but. Yeah, no, I mean, I feel like, especially if they had Giselle take out Jordan Grace, I feel like she's really become, like, one of the biggest heels they have in the division. It's only a matter of time before they capitalize on it.
1: 100% agree.
0: And also, speaking capitalizing, for the World Championship, the men's World Championship, we have Nick Aldis, National Treasure, going against Alex Shelley. I think... We are going to get what I've kind of been hinting at the whole time. We're going to have machine guns in the main event of Bound for Glory for the world title. I'm going to say Alex Shelley retains.
1: So, here's my thing though is like, you know, all this obviously was like a big free agent coming into 2023 and everyone thought he was going to come to the Rumble. Obviously that didn't happen and he signed with Impact. Like, mm-hmm. do you really think all this momentum gets him to lose in his first championship opportunity? coming like in his new impact contract that's the only reason i'm hesitant
0: i mean the way that i see it right now i feel like as it stands there's a bigger story to be told between the machine guns facing off against each other and you also think about it aldis is a former impact world champion many times over and he was nwa champion for so long across his multiple reigns like he's definitely a company man But I feel like he is also a businessman, and part of the business is knowing whatever could make the best story and get the most tickets sold, which, as much as I love Nick, I feel like in this case, there's just nothing topping the prospect of the machine gun facing off for the world title.
1: I'm going to pick Nick. I just have, like, I'm envisioning this, I'm envisioning at the MSL anniversary him holding up that title, I don't know what's gonna happen to Bound for Glory, I mean, honestly to be honest, like, Sabin and Shelly wrestling for the X Division title still, like, I know it's not, like, the main event, but it's still, like, both Motor City Machine Guns dudes facing off in a match of Bound for Glory at their biggest Mm -hmm. show of the year, so we still get that to an extent, but I don't see Nick losing.
0: I mean, we will see what happens. I feel like you could technically do the Motor City Machine Gun storyline with the Exhibition Championship too, which I hope it wouldn't be the case, but you never know. But we did also see Frankie Kazarian win the Exhibition Championship at Bound for Glory and then do Option C, so.
1: Yes. I was very confused when that happened too. We were like, "What?" Speaking of things that you didn't have on your bingo card, you're making it seem like my bound for glory predictions. Like you didn't pick Kazarian either.
0: No, I didn't. Although I did pick VXT, Vax uh, to win the tag titles.
1: I I didn't know what Chelsea's deal was. I knew she was. Ha- I knew that she was in talks with WWE at the time. I didn't know if anything was signed at that point that was why I I mean the big
0: thing for me was I didn't think it was Masha's time to win the title and I was right because I kind of predicted how I thought the last rodeo was going to go because we saw Mickey beat me at Bound for Glory and I said it's going to happen it's going to be hard to kill again they're probably going to main event again and that's going to be when she faces Jordan to win the title and what happened
1: you were right we were all wrong
0: I'm not saying I know things because I don't know shit, but, but when this is working, it's a powerful thing.
1: And that's all that we can ask for, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, only time is going to tell if uh, your predictions are correct, but I know something that time is telling me right now is that I'm out of time, but this was fun.
1: Yes, I had such a great time. Thank you again for having me.
0: Yeah, thank you for coming on. I'm glad we got to talk, like, all things, like, kind of leading up to what you've currently been doing, what got you there, what is to eventually be coming. Anything that you have uh, coming up this summer that you want to bring up?
1: Um, so, my next convention is Wrestle Bash. It's happening in Fairfield, New Jersey. We got DDP. We got all three Lucha Bros. We have the current impact knockouts tag team champions the coven's gonna be there vert vixen uh jasmine allure viva van so if you're in like the new york new jersey area you should go check that out tickets are still available go to the i believe it is and if you're under 10 you get a free ticket so that's an incentive right there for kids
0: if you are under 10 you're listening to this podcast uh, i apologize for my potty mouth That I will say right now, but I mean, I'm excited for that. Are you going to be at Multiverse United 2 by chance?
1: No, because it's the same day. So go. No. I know. And Ella, so I'm having everyone on my graduation cap sign it and Ella's on it. So I'm like, I'm going to have to wait for WrestleMania weekend in Philly for Ella to sign my graduation cap.
0: We're going to need, like, some sort of wrestling event, like, on our side of the state just for you to, like, work it. And then that's how we get you to sign or yeah. get her to sign the cap, you know.
1: Or, I mean, you guys could just come down here a little bit more often. We're we're, we're fun. We're
0: yeah, fun we're poor. Way. We can't afford your side of the state. Why do you think we live here?
1: <laughs> Listen, that's not, that's not what I'm saying.
0: I mean, we can't all be first class Kimmy Sokol like you are. And flewed out everywhere.
1: Damn, yo, that first class to L.A. Best flying experience of my life. I never want to fly another way ever again.
0: I mean, if you have it your way, you don't fly any other way. But that's a different story for a different day. <laughs> it's like, yeah, if I don't have a lie flat seat on JetBlue, mint, I'm not doing it.
1: JetBlue, United,
0: United.
1: I have. I'm like a silver member at United.
0: God, I feel like I've had bad United experiences.
1: No. Oh.
0: I mean, it's just a tiny-ass freaking uh, CRJ200 half the time because of regional routes. But, like, I don't know. It doesn't give what it needs to give, in my opinion. But,
1: At least oh, well. it's not spirit.
0: Oh, God, no. The f- the flying school bus, I'm good. Uh, Ms. <laughs> Fritz will stay away from me. Uh, But yes, uh, aside from your many conventions and uh, all your online publications, where can they find you?
1: You can follow me on Twitter at Kimmy underscore Sokol, K-I-M-M-Y underscore S-O-K-O-L. And then you can follow me on Instagram at Kimmy dot Sokol because apparently Kimmy underscore Sokol was taken. I don't know how or why. Or maybe I just wanted to do a dot because I wanted to be different. So you can find me there (laughs) or my Ring of Honor podcast. Just look up Kimmy Talk Wrestling on YouTube and it's all right there for you.
0: I know. And then, especially because Kimmy is so cool for appearing on this show and doing all the things that she does. Thank you, Kimmy. Uh, For all things with me, uh, Twitter, Threads, TikTok, Instagram, Jose on the Air. Uh, YouTube for my gaming side of stuff, Jose Can You See? For this channel, you're already here. The Jose Gonzalez. I mean, make sure that you're liking the podcast. Make sure you're sharing it. Give it five stars on the audio platforms. Comment down below things that you want to see coming up in season two. Like, let's make this as engaging a season as we possibly can. I promise not everything is going to be wrestling. I know I said that last season. This just happens to work out that way. I do have many other plans into other realms of content. I'm talking exclusive content. I'm talking short form, long form. Tack music, you name it nothing is off the table here so feel free to hit me up if you would like to be on a future episode and I will see you all next time take care